0: into the net by Kylian Mbappé Oh Benyera, beautifully done Cornet finds Dembele The first touch is good, the second is deadly Neymar still Oh my word, what a goal Got lovely finish Oh yes, delivery again, head header Here's an opportunity, Sanchez
1: Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta It's playing again And back Messi again This time maybe Messi's done it
2: As colourful as a PSG Ultra with a backpack full of flares, as spectacular as Youssef Bilaili dribbling through an entire team, as unexpected as a quick-fire non-double, and as influential as a French referee with a red card, this is Le Beaujeu, the official Ligue 1 podcast with a look back over all the action from week 11 of the season. It may not have been a good week to be a coach in Ligue 1 with four of them sacked, that's 20% of the league. There was no shortage of wonderful goals, though, and thrilling matches on a weekend that culminated with the ever-passionate Classique between arch-rivals Paris Saint-Germain and Olympique de Marseille. I'm your host, Robbie Thompson, and I'm joined today by Angus Therode, Ligue 1 commentator. It was a busy weekend for you, Angus, and uh, you just about slept it all off.
3: Yes, uh, although I'm not entirely sure I have entirely slept it all off, but yes, it was a busy weekend, enjoyed the game uh, with Le- at Strasbourg and last night's Classique, certainly lived up to the billing.
2: Absolutely. Matt Spiro, the Classique always lives up to the billing, doesn't it? Just about anyway. Award-winning author and league 1 commentator, Matt Spiro, was at the Parc des Princes last night. We'll get to all that later. Matt, how are you going?
4: Hi, Rob. Very well, thank you. Good, good to be back. And yeah, I'd say that the, the Classique has certainly lived up to its billing in, in, in the last few years. Yeah, it, there, there were a few years where it was a bit one-sided, but Marseille are competitive and it was, it was a good game on Sunday.
2: Well, the history, uh, so much of the history of that, that fixture was written in the 1990s when it was an incredibly dangerous fixture to take part in. Um, such was the rivalry between the two sides. If you're listening to us on your favourite podcast platform, don't forget to rate us and uh, share us as well with all your friends. And, of course, we love to hear from you. Get in touch on Twitter at Ligue 1 World. You can follow uh, all the team that's on Le Beaujeu, as well as the World Feed commentators and various journalists. Get on there and uh, let us know what's going on and what you want us to talk about. And, of course, you can send us an email to league1podcast at gmail.com. We're going to start where the Ligue 1 started. This weekend on Friday night in Strasbourg, a Strasbourg side still without a home win, were entertaining Lille, who were looking for back-to-back wins for the first time this season. And Angus, you called all the action in this one. Let's find out what happened.
3: Nicely done. On the attack, Lille.
0: Great tackle in the middle, is it? No penalty given. Ismaili came into the box...
3: Maxime Le came at it, he's on a yellow card already. Penalty given. Lille's top scorer looking for his eighth goal of the campaign, and he finds it with a plum. Simply done. And Lille take the lead. Ball into the middle to Chiku. Ghana International's giving it away! And another save by Sells. And David can't follow up. Andre keeps it going. Back in once more, and there is the second goal. Jonathan David finally makes it a double. And I'm afraid that Strasbourg are their own worst enemy in that. It's a great first touch from the new man who's just come on, Carlos Baleba into the middle and the uh, Cabela there sweetly struck. And the points belong to Lille on their way to their first back-to-back wins of the season.
2: So Angus, we'll start with you, not because you tipped Strasbourg to finish in perhaps in the top three, but uh, because Le Meno, which is uh, such a fortress and traditionally such a fortress and such a fantastic atmosphere... What's going on there? Because it is not working in Strasbourg's favour whatsoever at the moment. It's um,
3: very difficult for me to explain because this is not exactly how I felt. Saw the season would go. I mean, Strasbourg was so good at home last season, and I did not expect Julien Stefan to do a Ren, uh, which is what kind of happened to him at Ren, didn't it? He was so good. Everybody told him how brilliant he was, and then the uh, the wheels fell off the wagon spectacularly. and He left. Um, so obviously I'm at a loss because I did not expect this. I thought that they would carry on the same way. I guess probably they weren't as good in the transfer market as perhaps they could have been. Others have been much better. For example, Wren um, is a very good example of that this season. They've been brilliant and, um, they, they haven't, they just can't score. They, 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 they look good in the ball. They, uh, excuse my voice. It's a little bit early in the morning. Um, they look good c- when they've got the ball, but they're not actually doing very much with it. And uh, I guess that's a surprise. And it means that because they're not doing that, uh, they th- then concede and they're not able to come back into games. And uh, on Friday night, that was a very good example of that. Uh, you have to say that Leal, who have not exactly set the world on fire this uh, season either, got back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Uh, well, Whoever won last on Friday night was going to get back-to-back wins for the first time last season because Strasbourg finally managed to get a win the the uh, the weekend before that, um, but they didn't play, and Lille did. Lille do- looked very good. Jonathan David is right back to form, isn't he? I mean, two goals for him, joint top scorer of 1 uh, now, and he looked really good. And Lille. They just looked like they were going to score when they come forward, and Strasbourg didn't.
2: Is that due to the absence of Ludovic Azouk? Maybe. I mean, he's he's the only one who's really not not playing there at the moment. Otherwise, you know, Habib Diallo is there. He had a few injury problems last year. I mean, is Azouk the the missing link?
3: Well, y- you would have to say yes, but I mean, it seems a little bit strange that um, one player's missing and suddenly they're they're unable to play. You have to remember that Dmitri Lina. Was on the bench and Adrian Thomason and they were two very important uh, players for them last season, but uh, weren't in the starting lineup last night. Um, and they, especially, uh, I would I would say uh, um, Adrian Thomason who was one of their most creative talents last campaign. And until he gets back into some sort of form, then I think they are going to struggle.
4: I think it's hard, isn't it, for a team like Strasbourg? They overperformed last season. They were they were brilliant. A lot of their results were were one nils. They were just very, very solid, um, very competitive. And that with, with, with the crowd behind them, they were tough to beat at the Meno. And I think uh, for French teams, it's difficult when you do well because, you know, with all due respect to Strasbourg, a lot of the players, um, you know, Ludovic Ajok being one of them, would have been eyeing a move and was, was very close to leaving the club. So maybe he isn't, you know, delighted to still be there or maybe he just doesn't quite have that. That hunger that was driving him and a lot of the players last last season. So it's a yeah, it's a big challenge. I, I would say that Julian Stefan's facing now.
2: Let's let's have a look at at Lille then. Matt. That's three wins in their last four. They've been something of quiet achievers. I mean, first time back to back wins, sure, but they're starting to show some form. Angus mentioned Do- Jonathan David with a with a double. He's now got nine goals. He's he's equal top of the scoring charts. Remy Cabella found the back of the net and. Maybe most astonishingly, and this is with all due respect and, and a big hello to our US fans, but Timothy Weyer with a, a pair of assists, I mean, a little throwing their hat into the ring here, Matt.
4: No, I mean, not. I wouldn't say in terms of sort of Champions League qualification, but I'd say Angus may be a bit harsh saying Lille haven't been sort of uh, particularly good this season. I, I, I think they've they've had hard matches. Um they have been inconsistent, but I, I actually think Paolo Fonseca is doing a really good job. When you consider they lost um, five first-team players or even six, and they lost more than €100 million Euros worth of, of talent they, in, in the summer, players like Bottman, Renato Sanchez, um, Onana, Chelik, And they, they've replaced them with um, pretty much bargain-basement uh, signings. Some of them are coming off. Adam Unas is, is looking very good. Cabela's done pretty well. Um, Mohamed Bio not so much he's kind of disappeared without trace but uh, they're playing attractive football um beating lance in the derby was was massive and now getting the you know a good away away win i think yeah i think lille fans can be optimistic maybe not top 3 but i think they could push for top 5 even though it is really sort of competitive um jose font unfortunately for him you know looking his age a little bit in in, in recent weeks but a clean sheet uh at the weekend, we'll, we'll do them good. And uh, yeah, Jonathan David, unquestionably one of the most uh, lethal attackers in, in the division. It's good to see him back and, and, and firing ahead of what could be an exciting World Cup for, for him and Canada.
2: Surely uh, a move away from Lille at some point, because it almost happened last summer. You talk about all the players that left. He was expected to be one yeah, of them he, as well, and he's still there.
4: As soon as everybody started linking him to Arsenal, another another. Wonderful clubs like Arsenal. He's um, stop scoring. He scoring. So it, it was almost like <laughs> it maybe went to his head, or you know, I, I don't know. The second half of last season, he really struggled. Um, but yeah, he's got he's got a lot of a lot of quality, no question.
3: Maybe that. Uh,
4: well, well,
2: Lille, yes. Maybe, maybe that
3: result though wasn't quite so surprising. I mean, Strasbourg has got a pretty rotten uh, record against uh, Lille over the last uh, few seasons, and Julien Stefan's lost more Liga games to Lille than he has against any other side in Liga. Although the, the, the comparison ends there in the fact that he was up against a manager, Pablo Fonseca, who, of course, wasn't there in those uh, previous seasons. So I don't quite know what the, uh, the excuse is.
2: Lille are up to seventh now. They are just four points behind Rennes in fifth. So they're not far off that. In fact, two points off Rennes, four points off Marseille in fourth place and in those European places. So when I say quiet achievers, they have been on a little bit of a charge. They haven't perhaps caught the eye as much as Monaco and Wren, who are, who are knocking at the door. But uh, they're there or thereabouts. They're having a not a bad run so far. Now, Lorient could have moved provisionally top as they went looking for a seventh win in a row, but they were held by Will Still's Stade de Reims. Now, Will Still is caretaker coach of Reims after Oscar Garcia was one of the four coaches Shown the door, Peter Bosch set the tone for the weekend, and uh Matt will still learnt his trade playing championship manager now he's only <laughs> just turned thirty he's part of this new generation of of didn't play to a great level, but clearly has just uh, got a got a computer brain knowledge of of footballers of the history of tactics of and of probably a wide knowledge of of European football as well, thanks to a computer game it's not the first time. We've seen this. And he's now had back-to-back scoreless draws against the top two in the league with a side that, again, had two players sent off. I mean, they've had a rough run. Poor old Oscar Garcia has been shown the door. But let's let's have a chat about Will still quickly.
4: Well, look, um, you know, it's a big challenge for him. But given that he's won the Champions League twice with Macclesfield Town uh, on <laughs> Championship Manager <laughs> 2, um, you know, I, I, I think he's well capable of, uh, of, of doing well with Rans. I think we should probably qualify this uh to say that you know he, he has he has coached in the top flight in belgium um as beer shot yeah yeah beer shot he he got some some experience on, on, on the ground as well he was he was assistant coach of preston under 14s if if uh, um the article
2: i read he was is, also uh, assistant is, coach at standard liege and some some other other bigger clubs
4: yeah, no, absolutely, Preston. You know, Preston are a, 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 have got a big history, but yeah, it's quite funny because you know I I can certainly relate to spending many long hours in in front of Championship Manager, particularly during my student days. But uh, it's, uh, it's 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 a nice story. He was he was filling in for Garcia, who was suspended against uh, against Paris Saint Germain the week before, and he was on the pitch, sort of pulling Neymar and other players away from the rouse players as it was sort of uh, boiling over. So. Yeah, great story. Um, good, uh, good for him. I do think rounds are taking a bit of a risk sacking Oscar Garcia because I think they're they're very light in terms of established quality in their in their squad. They've got a very very young squad, and I thought Garcia was was doing okay with that. They're floating sort of above the relegation zone, and uh, yeah, they 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 obviously felt. And, and I think this season with four teams going down, it's it's making. Um, chairman or presidents pull the trigger a bit quicker. People are getting twitchy thinking blimey, you know, we've gone five without a win we're, you know, we're, we're in the bottom four or we're close to the bottom four. We need to do something about this. So it's going to be interesting to see how long Strasbourg keep faith with uh, Julien Stefan, who's obviously really highly rated. Um, but um, but yeah, fair play to Rounds who have had a huge number of players sent off. I don't have the stat. Is it eight players sent off this season for Rounds? They had it's eight, eight was... players
2: in 11 games. Yeah,
4: lopi sent off against uh, against Lorient. They dug in. They got a point, a point and... that prevented Lorient from um, from from going top. But that's obviously, you know, that's, it's obviously a good point, just like the one they got against PSG the
2: week before. That's right. Emmanuel Ugbadou was also sent off. Lens lost to Lille last week. It was their first defeat of the season. Uh, they were looking to bounce back against Montpellier, and it was a mistake, a huge mistake from Teji Savigny. That uh, enabled Wesley Saeed to get the only goal of the game. So, loss back to winning ways. Loss holding on to their place in the table at the moment. They they stay third.
4: Rob, Rob, I'm butting in, which is an old habit. I'm sorry from 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 the old days, but I know loss. <laughs> you want to probably move on. You want to gloss, but we can't sort of gloss over. I mean, loss. They're doing unbelievably, unbelievably, and I think it's maybe not six wins in a row, but six wins in a row at home, possibly. I mean, that, but you know what 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 Lance are doing is absolutely phenomenal and they've lost Gisolfi, who's uh, their sporting director, who was their sporting mm-hmm. director who has um, pieced together this excellent team. He's moved to Nice. Um, they've decided to give uh, Frank Airs a pay rise and a contract extension. They've moved their technical director into the sporting director position. So, you know, hopefully from their point of view, they can maintain this going forward, but it's an um, incredible achievement to see Lance. Up on 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 the podium now.
3: Are we so that surprised? Means I'm going to
4: have to gloss over Monaco now. So I'm going to have to interrupt you there as <laughs> well.
3: I'm afraid because I'm 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 no longer <laughs> surprised by Lawns doing what they're doing because they have been on the podium in the last couple of seasons as well, briefly. So I think that a third season now where they're challenging for Europe means that should we really still be surprised? That they are, yeah, twenty-four Europe.
4: points. Twenty-four points from eleven. They games. are doing
3: fantastically. Don't, I don't deny it.
4: It's better than in their title. It's better than in their title season. So forgive me for being slightly <laughs> surprised and impressed.
3: Well, but,
2: okay, well, I'm going to interrupt you both here and good. say that after losing such an important match as it was to Lille last week, and then I felt they they didn't show much against this Montpellier side and needed that rare mistake from Teji Savigny, and um. You know, I wonder if this wasn't the start over what we've seen the last two weeks, that they're going to slowly fade out of this title race. Because I agree with both of you insofar as they are doing a fantastic job this year. But I also agree that they've been in this position the last two seasons, have been up and near the top after 10, 9, 10, 11 games, and and faded out badly last season to only just come back and steal a European place at the end. So look, we're not glossing over this one now.
4: (laughs) I can see Angus nodding. We got negative <laughs> vibes at the moment around Lens. I find that incredible. Incredible. But they got Marseille next weekend. So big one.
2: Well, that's three points teams. in the bag probably then. For them, Monaco. We're looking for six wins in a row against Clermont. They had a heavy loss to Trabzon Sport in midweek. Um, a red card there as well. And another red card at home for Monaco. This time it was Camera. Now, Matt, we haven't had one of your, uh, your coup de girls. Uh, recently, and uh, not about the refereeing either. But in the end, it was a Briel Mbolo penalty. He was a little bit lucky. It was, the initial one was saved by Maury before he uh, turned it home. Clermont equalised, though. Now, it's been a bad week for Monaco because they've lost fourth place in the league. Just when they were looking to take advantage of any more slip-ups, they would have moved level with Marseille in fourth place. Matt, is this just a little blip on the radar for Monaco, who have been in stunning form the last month and a half?
4: Yeah, they have, but it's kind of their Achilles heel, isn't it? The the home games that you look at and think, okay, three points. For example, when they played trois, I think it was three days after a, a brilliant performance at the Parc des Princes where they draw, they they, they they drew, they could have won against PSG, and then they got beat four two at home by Rouse. Um and yeah, maybe they're just that they are a young team and they don't seem to be able to get that sort of focus and that same intensity for the for the home games against the lesser lights. And uh, I think it's four players or rather, well, four red cards in their six home matches so far for Monaco. So, you know, they're making life very difficult for themselves. Um, and it was a, it was a poor game. I think, you know, if we're looking at the other side of it, Clermont, eighth position, they deserve huge credit for for what they're doing. Um I mean, Angus probably won't be surprised because he—I'm he, he, sure he ha, saw ha. that coming. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: hilarious. No, sorry, Angus. No, Clermont, but no, no, Claremont are well.
2: doing a fantastic job. But we have been singing their praises the last few weeks uh, on on the pod as frustrating, well.
4: Frustrating. No, look, it's a frustrating result for Monaco. But given that they are on a really good run of wins, or they were before this draw, I don't think we should uh, be too sort of alarmist. Although the four nil in in, in Trabzon Sport. Um, is a is a worrying scoreline but as far as their league form is is concerned uh, they're on the up still just looking at the fixtures though away to Lille next weekend a big weekend coming up
2: there was a classic from the noughties when uh, leon were on top they had some fantastic matches against ren now ren came into this one six unbeaten in league 10 unbeaten in all competitions leon had yet to win away it was five without a win in the league for them. It was Laurent Blanc's first game in charge of OL, and Jeremy Clayman called all the action.
1: It's Debelli looking to get back into the business of scoring. Only two goals this season, but it's a really good ball, and Lacazette, the one who gets Laurent Blanc's era up and running, but devastating from Leon Debelli brilliantly see the run of Tagliafico, and it was on a play for Lacazette finally back amongst the goals number five of the season for the Lyonnais captain Benjamin Bourgeois goes early and it's the faintest of touches needed but it's all Martin Thierry needs to hit the bullseye party time in Roes at back. Now he's got time to have a look up, drives it across. And poking home is another former OL player. Amin Gouiri makes it 2-1. Well, he... with a great run forward, Assignon. But given far too much time to drive it across, Gouiri couldn't get it the first time of asking. He buried it at the second. Daguerre low crossing, Stevmond Donde loses it and Lacazette profits. Legon fans and Laurent Blanc all smiles. I think that's a show of respect for what Damien de Silva did at Rennes, three seasons with the club but he's come on to see Martin Terrier Headed a brilliant third goal for the club. And his second. Well, Berger, Merling, with the ball, whipped in. And Terrier strikes again.
2: Matt, Alexandre Lacazette. Surely he's happy. At the double. And uh, there was much conjecture about his ambiguous comments about the future of Peter Bosch after the, the last game, just a day before he was sacked. Is he happy that Laurent Blanc's come in? And is this a good result, even though it's now a fifth loss in six for Lyon? Is this uh good signs or a positive wow. result for Laurent Blanc? No, 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 no. If you're if you're Olympique
4: Lyonnais, any loss is uh is is a bad result. Um of course it was a difficult first test for Laurent Blanc and, and his players, and I think it shows just what a, what a job he's got on his hands. Um, he made some big calls. He brought Jerome Boating out back in from the cold. Um, and Jerome Boating repaid him with a very shoddy performance uh, alongside uh, Diamande, who really struggled as well. Uh, Lukeba, who's uh, still a bit raw, but is still, you know, Leon's best defender. So, I mean, at the back, they got big problems. Laurent Blancs decided uh, not to, pl- to continue the Thiago Mendes experiment which I think is a good thing. He brought Usum Awa back in as well. We thought his Leon days were were behind him, but our you know the sort of technical player that Laurent Blanc likes. He wants his team to have the ball and uh, and dominate matches. And we saw more in terms of Leon with the ball going forward and trying to create. He played Lacazette and Dembele which Peter Boss has done in the last couple of weeks but didn't do for a, for the first couple of months of, of the season. So from an attacking point of view, yes, some some promising signs, but I think in in many ways, the result and the goal scorer sort of encapsulates the, the problems at Leon, the fact that Amin Guiri and uh, Martin Terrier, former Leon men, did the damage. Um, there is a, not a gulf, but there's a gap between the two teams at the moment. Renner, you know, a, a side that has been building steadily. Lyon aren't. And in many ways, the appointment of Laurent Blanc, I feel is, it's not a stopgap, but it's a way, you know, it's Jean-Michel Olas is saying, we're getting a manager in, he's not necessarily a builder, you know, he's not someone who's gonna restart the whole process. He feels he can get results, better results out of this team. And um we'll have to see if 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 he can. I mean they've got the they've got the quality, and I think Laurent Blanc has the ability as a manager to get Leon winning again. But he's no um, will yeah. still, is that what you're saying, Matt? <laughs> I'm I'm not I, I would guess Laurent Blanc has never played championship manager. He's much more of a, a golf fanatic than
2: Computer, I, I think you're probably right there. Angus, you were singing Ren's praises just a, a moment or two earlier. Martin Terrier took his goal tally to seven with two very different but both uh, very astute headers. And there was also a bit of a dart celebration after the first one. Is there a, a tribute to, to English pub culture there from Martin Terrier?
3: Well, it's funny because as he did that, I went laser-like um, play from uh, Ren and then regretted I hadn't waited an extra second so that I could have said he'd hit the bullseye. But, uh, but uh, that that being aside, there we go. It was I, I actually was a little bit more um, in, encouraged by um, Leon's uh, performance. I mean, let's not forget this is a Ren side who, apart from that aberration on the first day against Toulouse, have scored thirteen goals now in four games um, at Roseon Park. They're in very, very good form. I think they're much further down the road in terms of development than, than Lyon are. They are a team that are just high on confidence. And Martin Terrier is, is at the head of that confidence. Let's not forget that when he came in, he was lacking in confidence. And he would, they, everybody was saying he's a player that needs the manager to believe in him. In He needs that confidence that comes from him. And he's had that in abundance at Wren. And he's absolutely magnificent. He, he he was really good with Gaetan Laborde last season. Now, Laborde obviously has now moved back to, to move in again with Andy Delor at Nice. But he's just carried on. And Ren, I think, played really well. Leon, I think, actually matched them in a very, very tough game. And Rosenpark is one of the toughest places to go now, I think, in Liga. Um, And so I think that uh, it was reasonable. But yes, defence they need to sort out. But again, let's not forget how many goals Ren have scored at home this season. So I do think there is hope there for Laurent Blanc. It is only his first game after all.
2: Four and six for Guiri, the ex-Leon man since joining Ren. Terrier, an ex-Leon man, as you said, but also Pep Genesio, who has a long history with Olympic Lyonnais, was on the bench as well. There was talk that Laurent Blanc would be coming in back at the end, towards the end of Genesio's run. Was that a a good result for Pep Genesio because I know you're a fan of him as well. I'm not sure he's played Championship <laughs> manager either, to to be honest.
4: You know what though, he's I wasn't a massive fan at Lyon. He got too much stick. I think you know, looking back, you know with hindsight, uh, how the the coaches after him uh, have struggled, and actually the results he got and he got some got them to a Champions League semi final were mightily impressive. And I was looking at his European record because uh, Wren doing well in Europe as, as well this season, and they've been in knockout stages. Uh, Europa League for the last two seasons as well. He's got a really impressive European record. So the guy, the guy's got quality, and and, and no question. Of course, he'll say no, no, no it's just an, another win. But yeah, he he'll he'll be loving victories over Leon, even if they are the club of his heart. I think they beat them five one uh, last season as well. And um, yeah, Guiri's doing well. kalim Wendo perhaps didn't have his best game, but in the last few weeks, he's he's showing his quality. Um, so they've got goals in abundance. I'd love to see Terrier in the, in the World Cup squad. I think he deserves it. I'm not 100% sure that Didier Deschamps is, is going to go with him. I think Deschamps, you know, he, he very much likes to pick players who he knows and knows isn't going to kick up a stink. So he may sort of hesitate. But I think, you know, Terrier is a guy who could, who could do it, I think, at, at, at the very highest level. So absolutely good luck to, to Ren and, uh, and uh, Pep Ginesio.
2: Didier, are you listening? Matt Spiro wrote a big book does, about uh, Didier's legacy as well. France from 1998 to 2018 as well. So uh, he knows a thing or two about winning the World Cup, at least from afar. You're listening to Matt Spiro and Angus Therode on Le Beaujo. We have Le Classique coming up between Paris Saint-Germain and Marseille. But first, it's time for Deja Vu. Now, the Deja Vu competition is continuing as it always is there's a jersey up for grabs each month all you have to do is send in your answer to league one podcast at gmail.com it's the weekly who am i you have to answer the who am i and the bonus question and then at the end of the month or next week because we're going to have a shortened month of november next week we're going to be announcing who's winning and launching the november deja who as well so deja who the final one for October. Who am I? I was named after the title character of the film, Dr. Zhivago. Has anyone got it yet? Not yet.
4: That's just a quick Google
2: search. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> I made my professional debut just a few days after my 17th birthday and against a certain Laurent Blanc. I had to wait another five years to make my Ligue 1 debut, however, at my third French club, but it was there that I won my first silverware, the Coupe de France, and there that I received my first golden boot. A series of big money moves in France and then Italy, Germany and England saw me net two European trophies before ending my career in the USA. I never won a domestic league title in my entire career, but I scooped the pool with my national team, winning every major international trophy I could. Who am I? And what French footballing record does my family hold? There we go. I hope it's not as See, easy lot, as just a, a quick lot. Google search on that first uh A first lot of clue. work
4: went into that. Fair play. Fair play, Robin. Mm. That's a hell of a clue. I can tell
3: you that a, a quick Google search of Dr. Zhivago isn't enough. <laughs>
4: Fantastic. Well, the problem is you need to know Omar how to Shereen? spell Dr. Zhivago.
3: I feel like an engine that's tried to start up with no oil.
2: <laughs> well, if you're feeling uh, like Angus Thoreau this morning, don't forget to just Get a few hours sleep and then get on to the Deja Vu. Send us your answers on to league one podcast at gmail.com and you'll go into the chance, if you get that right, to win the league 1 shirt this week. So Moving on, and now I am going to be glossing over, guys, even though I still want to have a brief little coach's chat, but uh, no interrupting, please. If you will, Toulouse made it three wins in a row at home, 3-2 over Angers. Um, and there were some stunning goals in this one. Nabil Bentaleb with a wonderful free kick. And then Stein Spearings, one of the numerous Dutchmen at Toulouse with a with a stunning winner before Amin Salama got a consolation goal. There was also a first goal in Ligue 1 for Branko van der Boomen, um, who was the star of the show, of course, last year in Ligue 2. So a 3-2 win for Toulouse. Now, Auxerre versus Nice. It was goals to Andy Delors and Nuno de Costa as this one ended 1-1. Uh, Auxerre were without their coach Jean-Marc Fourlon, who gave everyone the finger last weekend, of course, and that cost him his job. He was replaced by his assistant Michel Paravani. Um, and Umbaignon could even have won it for them at the death with a shot against the post. Ajaccio travelled to Troyes. They'd beaten Marseille the previous week, but it was Troyes. Uh, that went ahead through Jackson Perozo And then uh, after a very tricky effort from Yusuf Belayli, who uh, was brilliant throughout, it ended 1-1 as the just managed to get back on level terms through Nuri and, uh, no, Matt, finger raised. Yeah, I
4: think so. Just when you say Belayli was, was brilliant throughout, he came on, didn't he, in the second half?
2: Yes, but those dribbling runs in the end, he yeah, said he was chances. brilliant
4: throughout. I'm sorry, sorry, brilliant Bob, sorry, throughout doing, his sorry. appearance
2: in the second half. He he he, he was brilliant throughout the highlights, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a, one last game, the bottom two. Michel de Zakarian was sacked. It was Bruno Grugi, the new coach, the ex-Brest legend, who was a coach without the ponytail, completely bald these days. Uh, he was a fantastic ponytailed striker for Brest about uh, a decade ago now. Um, and this was almost a great start. We saw Brest save a Ludovic Blas penalty, then Fadiga, who'd given away the penalty, opened the scoring for Brest, and it was all going so well until uh, Moses Simon scored a penalty and then Ignatius Ganego scored 46 seconds later for Nantes. Uh, Mustafa Mohammed added a third goal before Musa Sisiko, made it 4-1. So that was a welcome result for Antoine Comboire. Eh? and uh, not 4-1 winners over Brest in the end. A word on coaches or Can Matt I, you've got another another little comment you're not letting anything quickly, slide. I know, today. I
4: know. It's cuz I haven't been on the bourgeois for 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 so long. I've got so much to say. I'm just feeling really nostalgic when you talk about Bruno Gruji because I remember when we were we were commentating a long time ago in our hobbies. That must be 14, 15 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> And Grugia, that, that, that breast team with, with Nolan Roux, and uh, when they came up, Stade Francis Leblay, I loved it. It was, it was a brilliant atmosphere. Fadiga, Noah Fadiga scoring. Andy Scott tells me he's the son of Kalilou Fadiga, the Senegalese uh, star oh. from that World Cup team who, who played for Auxerre yeah. and, and was brilliant. And there was something else you said there that got me nostalgia. Yeah, Musa Sissoko. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of turning the clock back <laughs> to the days when yeah, Sissoko was brilliant. Playing and scoring in League 1, Uber Eats. Great stuff.
2: Well, that's fantastic. Coaches, the so, Rob, you want to ask, y- ask Yes, us. and I want to ask you about yeah. coaches. But you can ask yourself, Matt, if you've got a good question. Go.
0: <laughs> Matt,
4: <laughs> what do you think about Jean-Marc Fjollin being sacked? Well, Robbie, I, uh, Matt, I think <laughs> Jean-Marc Fjollin started the season with um, a difficult task because his Auxerre squad, not sure it's League 1 quality. And he's got this reputation, unfortunately, of being the man who brings teams up but he can't keep them up. And he, it really grates. It really annoys him. Um, I know because I asked him and it really annoyed him. Um, and unfortunately, as soon as you know, you get on a bad run, people are like, well, Jean-Marc Foulin can't do it in, in Ligue 1. So it's a shame. He's, he's, a, he's a personality. And um, it's a shame, but I'm not that surprised. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a massive job um, to keep them up. Angus, what do you think?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying the show, to be quite honest with you. I'm um... just logging off. <laughs> yes, yeah, you, you you do get the feeling that um, it, th- no matter how bad it is to uh, to give um, somebody at a football match the finger, although otherwise all fans would be thrown out every week, um, it was a, it was maybe an excuse that was being used because uh, they haven't been great this season. They were in the bottom two for the first two weeks. They are on a run now without a win in their last six. Uh, they looked like they had actually turned the corner actually early on in the campaign. They were. They were going in the right direction. But again, goals were the problem at both ends. Let's be honest with you. Um, And I think that, as you said earlier, I think this is, this is the probably the, um, the point that was, was right. The fact that four teams are going down this season is making everybody very jumpy. And we're seeing an awful lot of moves happening earlier this season than we saw maybe in previous seasons because of it.
2: Now, Matt, uh, I was gonna try and get to Le Classique because I know both you and Angus have plenty on, on a on a Monday, but I've maybe I'm gonna throw a bit of a, a curveball at you both. Shall we have a trip down memory lane and nobody is allowed and I'm trusting you on this one to look on the internet? Let's name Oxair players from oh. that two thousand and three side that won the Coupe de France. Okay, because Calilou Fadiga yeah. was one of them.
4: I'd be better on the 1996 90, team personally, but, but that's and Angus but... actually lived in Oxair, didn't he?
2: That season, <laughs> he did. But let's go,
4: okay? Um, Philip Mex says, John Alain Boom Oh,
3: god, you're not, you're nasty. I, I told you, I'm, <laughs> I am, I am not in a good frame of mind this morning due to suddenly throw curveballs at me like that, no matter how much I love Osaire. I am, I am struggling to keep up with you too. this morning. No, I don't morning.
2: think it will go very long, this one, because I'm, tr- I'm struggling uh, to think uh, of... Okay, Gibril, I've got faces. Yeah. Jibril Cissé. Jibril no, Cissé, no, come on. He wasn't there, was he? In 2003? Yeah, what? he scored. He scored the winner in the Cup Final. No, it was Boomsong scored the winner. That's how I know it. Against PSG. Cissé scored in the Cup Final. Okay. I thought it was... Uh, no, no, I'm not looking at the internet. Bonaventure Kalu. Bakri Sanya? Oh, nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, uh Olivier Capo.
3: Okay, hang on. There's one. I'm gonna Okay, okay. Stefan. Stefan Grischling. Oh, I got it. Okay, right. Yes. No, he's Fabian. Surely, Fabian Cool was in goal.
4: Oh, yes, I of, like it. That
3: That's was, the one I was trying to that, think of. It's that that such was a blowing good name. my mind. I, it what was on about... the tip of my tongue, which is why I was buying <laughs> time, which is why. I... Jo- Joresse, the left back
2: you're good matt i think so probably and who was the you the, the midfielder it, so Vel, people, people Vel, 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 the, the little old little roundy Jan lashua. Jan lashua Jan lashua yeah no no there was a a midfielder oh wow matt you're doing well no, that was after <laughs> the finnish midfielder i can't think of the the midfielder's name well that's that's not too bad i think uh benjani was benjani there no, he wasn't. No, that's but, after uh, he, that's he, he, after. That's two thousand and six. But of course the most important person involved was Girou. Exactly. Uh, no, Benjani. No, Benjani, maybe two thousand. Benjani was there in two thousand and two three. Yeah, two thousand and two three,
3: yeah. I think you're right. No, Benjani was there. Um, I don't remember him being
2: in the starting lineup though. Who was the Kenyan uh, striker they had? Olyesh. That was that was after Denis Dennis should we move on? Yeah, yeah thanks I for mean, that. Let's move on. To today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great team. And Ossera, Oxera, a great, uh, great old club. That brings us to Le Classique. Now, PSG had lost just one of 25 heading into Le Classique against Olympique de Marseille. They knew that they could extend their lead at the top of the table with a win over the old enemy, Igor Tudor's side. After a great win in Europe away to Sporting Lisbon. We're also looking to bounce back from that shock defeat to Ajaxio, Ajaxio and uh, show that they're not just making up the numbers when it comes to these big matches against Paris Saint-Germain. Matt Spiro called all the action.
0: And the crowd roaring PSG forward. Neymar's in the clear. He's got Mbappe to his left. Kylian Mbappe. And Paul Lopez responds. The clearest chance yet Neymar playing in Mbappé. Marseille's keeper to the rescue. Gendouzi. And now Amin Arek. Amin with the shot and uh, Donnarumma with the save. Really good uh, build-up play from Marseille. The finish from Amin lacked a bit of power, lacked a bit of conviction. Marseille are playing high up the pitch and... Uh, That's giving Paris Saint-Germain space on the counter. Kylian Mbappe. Mbappe goes for goal and... uh, Incredibly, Paul Lopez again denies the Frenchman. Nicely done by Neymar. Paul Lopez hangs in the air just long enough and gets a hand to the ball. Messi drives it against the crossbar. It's an absolutely stunning shot from Messi. Well, PSG can't get any closer to opening the scoring than that. Verratti with the tackle, Verratti's been hurt, but play continues. Mbappe, Mbappe's crossed, there it is! Neymar with the goal for Paris Saint-Germain in first half and time.
2: It's a big one
0: for Christophe Galtier's men. They've had chances in this first half, but so have Marseille. It's been a very competitive contest, but it's Paris Saint-Germain who have struck right on the stroke of half-time. Mbappe just feeding it beautifully inside to Neymar, and how about this for a finish, opening up his right foot, sliding the ball in off the far post. Good ball from Sanchez. Jonathan Close into the box. Close. Oh, it's a superb save from Donnarumma. Close thinks he was uh, fouled. Superb run, though, from Jonathan Close. Took it in his stride. Donnarumma saves. Oh, Bernat was playing with fire there. Had his hands on Jonathan Close. Neymar. Oh, that's a horrible tackle from Chico. he could be off here, Samuel Gigo. Straight red card. The Marseille substitute crazily sliding in on Neymar, there was no need for that challenge. Well, he's very late. If you're going to go flying in like that, well, you shouldn't, but if you do, you need to be absolutely certain you're going to win the ball. Mbappe running it, Mbemba. He's got Neymar charging to his left. Mbappe still. He's found Messi. Messi's chip. Mbappe deciding against giving it left to Neymar. Went right to Messi. He's not far off, is he?
2: And I say Matt Spiro was at the microphone for the World Feed. Angus Turode was also calling it on PSG TV. Matt, is that the title Done and dusted? Now that Paris Saint-Germain have have got that victory, um, n- no, no, I don't think it is. I mean, you can't say it's
4: done and dusted when PSG are three points clear. Um, I, I guess we're not expecting Lorient to to push them all away. Um, nobody is expect apart from Angus. Nobody is expecting Lance to 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 play for the title this season. So what? yeah, I guess you know you look at it. Uh, sorry, Angus, you said you're not surprised to see Laurence up in... Into- yeah, anyway, I- it's, it's, it's just normal, normal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, you know, you're looking at Ren Monaco, potentially Marseille to, to to make the title race interesting. I thought Marseille made it competitive uh, on, on Sunday night. Igor Tudor said it could have finished 4-4 or 5-5. I think maybe seeing that more from a Marseille point of view, it probably could have finished 8-3 <laughs> to PSG. I mean, you look at Messi hitting the bar, Paul Lopez made, um, some stunning saves, but like I say, you know, I think Marseille will always be competitive with that midfield of Rangier, Verrattu and, uh, and Gendouzi, um, that they're, they're, they're able to keep the ball for, for long periods. They, they just lack firepower. They lack sort of the quality and attack that that PSG have got. Alexis Sanchez did his best. I um, ran and ran and ran, but there was very little end product and, uh, he sort of i wouldn't say cost them the goal but he, you know he lost possession in, in in the lead up to the goal so um i think you know that the front page of lequipe this morning says uh, mid-season classique, and i think it's um it's 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 a good point so i think it's probably the fixture psg needed um to come out of the little slump that they that they were in if you can call it that three draws in a row um but also the goals drying up a, a little bit and they did they did raise their game i think individually and and, and collectively they played pretty well paris Saint germain and an interesting new formation galtier deciding to move away from the the back three which i think was very sensible given that it a it wasn't really working b um he doesn't really have very many center backs anymore and without um, with, kim with, and ramos uh, Kimpembe. who were
2: missing danilo Pembe went injured. off as ramos well
4: suspended yeah ex- exactly mucchielli did did pretty well when he came on alongside marquinhos but uh you know, the system was kind of brought in for Nuno Mendes and Hakimi. Um, Hakimi has provided very little on, on, not, on the right-hand side. He's been struggling for a long time, played a bit better last night. Um, Nuno Mendes is injured. So I also think Vitinha and, and Verratti benefited from fat having Fabian Ruiz. I saw keep. I think they gave him five out of ten Fabian Ruiz, which is hugely harsh because he grew into the game and in the second half was excellent. And I think a lot of people are looking at that thinking maybe Fabian Ruiz should actually be starting. Um, in this PSG side. He's certainly thrown his hat into the ring and given Gautier, um food for thought, let's say, moving forward because it gives them that little bit more stability. Um, so yeah, a deserved win. Good finish from Neymar. Killian Mbappe, first assist since May. And after the game, he told everybody that he doesn't want to leave PSG. And he was absolutely shocked when he saw when he woke up from his siesta on Tuesday and saw the news. And he assures us that nobody that he knows, nobody from his entourage, um, fed any media that that story. And, uh, yeah, he was so shocked. It took him five days to come out and deny it. Um, but Angus, yeah, yeah a, a good night for PSG and a night, you know, that, that they needed, really, the win over Marseille. And Killian at last, um, saying that he's, you know, he's happy to play for Paris Saint-Germain.
3: Well, first of all, let's get to Launs. So I never said they were challenging for the title, you cheeky bugger.
2: <laughs> we've, we've moved on. We've moved on. Anger. <laughs> yeah. Matt's back. Yeah, but... The tornado that <laughs> is Matt Spiro <laughs> is back on Le
3: <laughs> Anyway, I, 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 I also uh, was very, very intrigued. It was a bit of a uh, of a side shot there from um, Christophe Galtier changing his tactics. Put it two at the back because everybody thought that uh, Nordi Mukiele was going to come in and, and keep that back three going. And it was very interesting that instead of that, he had an extra midfielder. It really worked on this occasion because the three midfielders, Verratti, Vettinia, and especially Fabian Ruiz, I thought he was brilliant last night. Tracking back, supporting those going forward. He had a terrific game. Could have scored himself as well. Um, For and Mbappe, I have to say that when he scored the penalty on Wednesday or Tuesday, was it? Um, He didn't look particularly happy as he raced away to celebrate. So there was... You know, everybody would have been looking at him because of that. But he looked much more back with it last night. There was a very nice celebration with him and Neymar because there was an awful lot of speculation that the uh, not the maybe him wanting to move away was causing trouble, but the the fact that he wasn't happy with where he was playing on the pitch would cause trouble. Particularly when you've got Neymar and Messi alongside you, who are much more senior players than him. Let's face it, Um, and they probably wouldn't appreciate him dictating what's going on. But last night he was back to his brilliant best. Let's not forget he started off the season by being um, among the top scorers. Uh, so it's not as if like the goals have gone away. The thing that's been missing for him this year, or this season rather, are the assists that he had last season. But last night he put that right with a lovely ball because he had had a couple of opportunities to score earlier in the game that he took and it didn't work, including one deflected uh, ball that was magnificently turned over by Poe Lopez, who was the easily the reason why it wasn't 5 or 6 dill last night. But then he, he obviously had learned that it was another defender in front of him. A glorious five or, five or
4: six three, yeah, five or six, five three or six. Angus. Three. And Marseille had some big chances. They well. did, Absolutely yes, showing uh, your
2: colours, Matt.
4: Yeah. And, <laughs> Angus, can I just say because I have to, I, I'm trying hard not to butt in, but did you say that Neymar and Messi are far more superior? Uh, no, sorry, senior players than Mbappe. You, 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 would you agree with that, Robbie?
2: Absolutely. I'm just correct correcting his what he said. They Mbappe, they have more experience, uh, no, but okay, no. Uh, Kylian uh, Mbappe is obviously uh, no, the, the future of world football. Of course he is. Yeah. He, oh, is he's not man. just the future of world
4: football. He's, in, in signing that contract, Angus, of course, we don't know what was said to him, but he's you know he's he's the ma- main man at the football club. Of course he I is. I think and we're being a bit... Neymar and Neymar uh, and Messi know that. I think
3: that. we're being a bit pedantic. Oh, By senior, C- I mean the, they are older, more experienced, and uh, have seen it more than he has. sorry, okay. So uh but let's yes move, let's
2: of... I'll give Matt a, a chance to get some stuff off his chest and let's see uh where what what colors he well,
4: the football clubs he... the football clubs in a mess I'm not putting any colors but you look at Paris Saint-Germain you look at the way they've played in the last month or so the the Galtier honeymoon lasted a, a month but I mean you know I I I I do think and it's hard to say this after a victory in the classic when they've moved uh, three points clear but there's 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 you know you've got your sporting director coming out and saying um we made a mistake. The club made a mistake in signing Mbappe and Neymar um, because they play in the same zone. I mean, if you've got him saying that, you know, for me, the whole Mbappe, I'm desperate to leave thing is a, is a power play um, involving Mbappe and uh, in particular, Luis Campos. The club. Do so you think
2: it's true? The rumors. in,
4: well, of course there's stuff behind it. Yeah, of course. I mean, true. The rumors. I, you know, it, we, 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 we've seen that Mbappes is unhappy. Um, we know, you know, with, with the comments that he's been making, the way he's reacted to Galtier telling him stuff, like in the Rance game when Galtier was telling him his role and he was sort of not rolling his eyes, but looking like, you know, what, what what the hell is this? The body language. Some of the times where he hasn't given it to Neymar. I was at the Parc de France in the Champions League game. You might remember when he was tearing down the right and it just had to roll it across to Mbappe and he, and he decided to shoot. Um, but anyway, no, the, you know, of course there, 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 are, there are problems, but, you know, they brought in Luis Campos They've brought back Antero Enrique, who um, is influential now in transfers as well. And apparently working against, you know, I say apparently, I don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but is not working in tandem with Luis Campos is preventing PSG from making the transfers. Campos wants. Campos wants to be the main and the only guy deciding he's very close to the Mbappe family. They, they, he played an important role in Mbappe signing his first ever professional contract with Monaco. Um, so yeah they 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 want to take the power and again there's a vacuum I feel at at the top of the football club and as long as PSG don't sort that out in terms of the structure in place at the football club I don't think they're going to be able to to take the club forward and nothing I've seen this season suggests that they're moving forward
2: and look at uh, tell me about Neymar's performance last night then Matt because this and this is a, I have a a a feeling that no matter how Neymar plays, he will never be respected now as the player everyone thought he was going to be at at Barcelona um, because he's come to Paris Saint-Germain. And I think there is a, a negative connotation surrounding players that sign for Paris Saint-Germain just because they sign there. I think Messi is getting a, a bad rap. I think Messi's showing fantastic form. I think I don't think it's as bad as as you're making out at all. I think they're no, he's playing, playing well.
4: I think the free very kit, well
2: the free kit was, was breathtaking, I thought. But Neymar um, but was Robbie... astonishing last night. He was everywhere. He if he plays the way he is playing at the moment, Brazil would have to be favourites for the World Cup just about.
4: Yeah, and the players around him are, are phenomenal as well. So certainly if Brazil get their act together they can they can win the World Cup. But PSG I don't think can win the Champions League because they 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 play they play with nine players. You know, well, they when they don't have the ball, they play with nine players. And I you know I could have said eight players, but I agree with you. I thought Neymar worked hard and and came back and uh, and fought for it. Messi, we know, walks. Killian, he's 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 play, He's running about six seven kilometers a game. I mean, he's you know he, he's not really putting in the hard yards. A official stats,
2: match of how much Killian's no. running in a game. No, okay,
4: no, they're not. They're not. It might, be, it might be seven or eight, but it's not much more than eight kilometres anyway. But um, no, listen, no, I'm just saying, and, and PSG played it well. They played it very well, but they played counter-attack against Marseille. Marseille had a lot of the ball. And, you know, if, if you're playing against teams that don't have Amin but have, you know, Lewandowski and uh, Dembele and, and, uh, and what have you, you'll get punished. And sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative and rain on PSG's parade. I just think you do have to look at the big picture. Not lance.
2: Angus. <laughs>
3: no, I, I I, wanted to just defend Kylian Mbappe in, in terms of um, what he does in terms of tracking back. Because um, in terms of sprinting, and let's face it, Kylian Mbappe's game is based on sprinting. He attacks defenders. And I have a background in athletics. And I know for a fact that if you are constantly running backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, that he is not going to be able to have that explosive pace that he has against defenders. If he doesn't have some kind of recovery period, there is a obsession in modern day football that everybody has to work hard, run all the time. But the thing is, is that when you are a, you when you are the tip of the Trident, as um, Bappe is, you cannot. The pivot. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, the pivot. <laughs> yeah. No, but I actually did mean <laughs> the tip of the Trident. Yes. He doesn't like being the pivot, does he? Um, but no, but, you you cannot do that if you are constantly tracking back as well. So I wouldn't be surprised. I agree.
4: I agree. I agree, but the problem is then, Angus, you've already got Messi who's walking, and I just think you get to a certain level um, of opponent, it's not gonna it, it it it's not gonna work. But I I agree with you. I agree with you. I think you know he certainly met his match. I think we should say as well, um, Chancel and Bemba. I mean, what a season he's having and. He was just superb last night against Mbappe. And Marseille played a one on one a lot uh, with with PSG's attackers, and it was it was risky. Um, but certainly, you know, the Mbemba bappe duel was 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 really good. But I I I I'm I go along with what you say. I just think then you need the other attackers working their socks off, and I'm not sure that that will happen.
3: To bring it back to um, uh, Neymar, though. Um, Neymar was fantastic, and he has been fantastic. He's got that swagger back in his, um, in, in his game again. He's looking for the ball all the time, charging forward. But again, Neymar is Neymar. And I, I whilst Samuel Gigo last night, who got sent off, was not a good challenge on Neymar, it didn't look like Neymar would really hit that much. And he went down as if he'd broken his leg. And that frustrates the hell out of me about Neymar because last, he, he sometimes stays up. And then he suddenly rolls around and looks like that meme that came out of the last World Cup. And, and
4: what I find funny, Angus, yeah, no, it, it is infuriating. What I find funny when Neymar goes down and he's like, ah, I'm rolling about. You look at the PSG teammates and nobody bats an eye. <laughs> it. It's hilarious. Like nobody comes <laughs> over to see if he's okay. It's just everybody carries on. It did on. look like there but wasn't was, much contact was there. Stupid,
2: but it was a stupid challenge. Such a yeah. stupid challenge. It right? was. It yeah. was a red card. There's no and, doubt. and actually, just
4: sorry, sorry. From a Marseille point of view, Eric Bae going off injured after forty minutes changed um, changed a lot. He was him and Mbemba were really impressive. Belardi did well. Danilo Pereira too, went off earlier as well. It was only it was only by second league and start. No, it's it's just frustrating, I would say, for him. And from a Marseille point of view, he's he's been really injury plagued. Um, he clearly is a, a talented player. But yeah, no, you're right, Danilo Pereira also went off Robbie, but I'm just Try and get a word in about Marseille as well Danilo well, was
3: great Um uh, but, but he was fantastic yeah. he was fantastic I mean you can see why they brought him in from German football because he, he's not going to get very much chance to get in once uh Kim Pembe and of course um Sergio Ramos come back but boy he took his chance last night
2: that's enough gentlemen the sparring is finished we're going to have a quick look at the league table so struggling psg for matt spiro I could, sorry
4: I do, i'm butting in I, I i i could argue with angus all day i really could so it's <laughs> but, good that, it's but good about anything batting, matt it's I got nothing say, to do i could serg- just propose any topic sergio ramos coming back
2: <laughs> yeah
4: M- Mukieli. what milk do you
2: Muchielli's put in your coffee and then it would be uh, off s- yeah so <laughs> psg uh, ramos, ramos 29 um, points from a possible a 33 this season lorient didn't get that Seventh win in a row, but they are still second on 26 points. Lens, third with 24, and Marseille rounding out the top four with 23. It's two points back to Rennes, who have climbed above Monaco, also on 21 points. Then Lille in seventh. Clermont, eighth. Toulouse with that win, climbing back into the top half of the table. Ninth with 15 points. So they're climbing above Olympic Lyonnais now. Who are really doing it tough? Laurent Blanc will have to work wonders there. Lyon, 10th with 14 points. Montpellier, 11th with 12 points, level with Troyes and Nice. Nantes win lifts them out off the bottom relegation zone. They have 10 points now, but it is still very, very tight at the top. From 14th placed Nantes down to 19th placed Angers, there's just two points between them. Nantes, Reims, Auxerre. Strasbourg, Ajaxio and Angers, and then bottom breast with just six points to show for their 11 matches so far, bringing up the rear. Gentlemen, we'll have a look ahead now to round number 12 because the matches are coming thick and fast. There's no European football this weekend, so uh, everyone can have a little relaxing evening now instead of having to watch football 24-7. Paris Saint-Germain open away to Ajaxio on Friday night. Now, that could be a tricky trip for them. Montpellier entertain Olympic Lyonnais. There's a great history and traditional friendship between those two clubs via the owners, um, but I'm sure that will all be put aside on Saturday afternoon. Marseille take on Lens. That's another big match, as Matt mentioned earlier. Angers v. Rennes. Clermont-Brest, Reims-Auxerre, Toulouse-Strasbourg, Troyes versus Lorient. Lorient with a chance to uh, keep the pressure on at the top. Nice versus Nantes in a Coupe de France replay on Sunday afternoon in the final match of the round. Lille versus Monaco, the last two sides that weren't Paris Saint-Germain to win the league and title. Rounding out the weekend's matches, it's time for Bon Voyage. Matt, where would you like to go?
4: Um, Can I just confirm that you said that Brest are bringing up the rear and you you said that with a straight face. But um, I'm going to look ahead to the weekend and there's one game for me. And you've probably guessed it already. Um, Marseille-Lens. I think it's going to be a a terrific game. Big test for Marseille. They've lost back-to-back league games for the first time in over a year. And Lens, probably not the team they want to face. Lens won 3-2 at the Velodrome last year. Brilliant sort of... uh, yeah, Team team ethic, team spirit and uh, the pressure the pressure on Olympique de Marseille should be, should be a good one. So I'll head to the Velodrome C68,000 66,000 steering on uh, Les Marseillais. Angus, what about you?
3: I'm surprised that Matt didn't take you to task for saying it'll be a tough trip for Paris Saint-Germain to go to Ajax, So bearing in mind they haven't won there all season and uh, the most they've got was a nil-nil draw against Lens, although let's not bring that up again. Um, I th- I think all I can do is go for, uh, really, the, the the last game, Lille against Monaco. I think Lille are coming into form, as you say, and Monaco, even with that draw at the weekend, are still an exciting team to watch, and I think that the Stade-Pierre-Mouvoir will be rocking for that one.
2: Well, I'm going to head for Toulouse, uh, down in the southwest to see Toulouse-Strasbourg, uh, just because. I think there could be goals in that one. I think uh, Strasbourg are getting to a point where they are uh, are finding some form. We were talking about it a few weeks ago on the pod. They they were never really out of matches, and then they went and lost, of course, 3-0 last weekend. But their results are going to turn the corner, and Toulouse are making a very good fist of their return to the top flight as well. So that's it. Gentlemen, thank you, Matt Spiro, for joining us once again. Thank you, Angus Terode. I'll let you two uh, continue your arguments and get the gloves off but away from le Bourget podcast it was uh, a pleasure as always thank you right,
3: can i go back to the shallow end now
2: here's robbie absolutely matt final words parting parting shots across the bow
4: <laughs> i've taken notes on everything <laughs> angus has said and um i'm gonna i'm gonna Challenge, challenge him on that. Just fi- final word about Toulouse because you mentioned them, and uh, and then, then then I'll let you go. There's kind of an AC Milan 1990s thing going on at Toulouse with Bullet Rikard van Basten. They've got Van der Boom and uh, Spearings and Delinka. and um, we, we 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 had a nice Gun Show report with the with the three Dutchies and Spearings in particular. Very funny guy and uh, very nice guy, and he said they're trying to recruit his Klal, who's the uh, Moroccan. Uh, international grew up in, in, in the Netherlands. So he's a duchy, according to Spearings. And they're also saying the captain, the Jaeger, Belgium, but they're trying to claim he's a, he's a Dutchie as well. So they're like saying, we've got our little Holland here, five of us Dutchies. And uh, yeah, no, it's been, um, it's been interesting to, to, to see how they're going and how they've recruited. It's, it's probably a discussion for another day, but Spearing said, I've got no idea why they signed us, which, which I thought was quite funny because like they've, <laughs> they've all come from like random random journeys anyway but it's been, it's been good fun thanks for having me Rob. Yep, thank you Matt
2: for coming on thank you Angus and yes we look forward to uh, Philippe Montaigne and his uh, Dutch crew continuing to strut their stuff in the French top flight that's it for us we'll see you again next week on Le Beaujeu bye for now lovely
1: finish yes, <laughs> delivery header here's an opportunity Sanchez outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta playing again by Messi again, this time maybe Messi's got it!